Hey, you're listening to Dungeon for Two, where we talk dungeon design, or at least that's where it starts. I'm Dalton, your host, your dungeon doctor, or your DMMD for short. Joining me this week is, for the second time, a very special guest, Croxy. Hello! Hello! Welcome back. How are you? I am doing thank fantastic. You, you. And welcome back to you as well. Oh, thank you. And welcome back to you as well, dear viewers and listeners. I know it's been a week. I took the week off from the podcast for personal reasons, so glad to be back. Know that it is an infrequent occurrence. And as usual, the finalized version of the dungeon is coming your way as soon as this podcast drops. So if you're seeing us right now, you could be reading the dungeon, obviously. Listen to us first, but... Afterwards, why not check it out? Alright. In the interim, I know it's been a while since we recorded, so... I gotta ask, have you had any flashes of inspiration since last we talked about this cooking show-inspired dungeon? Um... I've just been stuck on that one riddle. I don't know if you Oh, have... <laughs> yeah. Oh, dear lord, yes. Um, that riddle, huh? Uh, I yeah. had the epiphany that we should perhaps just scrap that riddle and do a different one because it seems to me like any riddle involving an answer or a, a question so complex might be a bit frustrating. Yeah, that I was agree. my thinking. So let's sure. just throw that riddle into the you know future riddles for the for the live stream pile and we'll <laughs> we'll redo it. Okay. All right. Um, oh, we should probably recap this dungeon for anyone who is listening to part two of a two-part podcast. Um, so, you enter your players after doing something very, very important, I'm sure. High level, thinking they're on top of the world. Defeat a dragon, or perhaps slay a lich, or save the world, even. And then they're whisked away in a portal that opens to a mysterious dimension. They find themselves surrounded by lights, fans, admirers, and then a voice from the from beyond spreads out across them. They hear a host for a show. That's right. They're on the set of Astral Chef, the multiverse's greatest cooking competition, starring none other than the master Iron Chef Patricio De Polpo, who is the reigning champion of the kitchen. Poised against him. The party will have to hunt their meals and gather their ingredients from sources all across the multiverse in order to craft the finest meals ever cooked by mortal hands. Anything to add to that recap? I tried to make it as dramatic as possible. <laughs> I, you got it. All right. It's good. Sweet. Well, uh, where were we? Oh, uh, Riddle. Yes. So, when we left off... For the dessert course, that's right. So we had this sphinx guarding a, a tree. A yes, the Japanese melon, that's right. Yeah. So uh, here we are. We have two out of three riddles, and I think we just decided to, to axe the third one that we had going. So do you have any uh, any other ideas for... I think our theme here was like wordplay. So yes. anything else that might fit that theme? I think the background music is a little loud. Let me turn it down. There we go. Uh, do you have any jokes? Do I have any jokes? Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, Never ask like someone who jokes. improvs if they have jokes. I don't. Um, let's see. We could. Do, I have, like, like dad jokes, but I don't think those make for very good riddles. Uh, maybe if you throw some out there, maybe we can make something out of it. Uh, okay. Cook something up. 
Yeah, we, we might be able to. Let's see here. Let me let me think of some some good ones here. Um, oh yeah, what did the uh, what <laughs> what did the buffalo say when his when his kid went to college? I don't know. What did he say? Bye, son. Bye, son. Oh, because he's a bison. <laughs> God, That's I love that good. one. That's my favorite dad joke all time, easily. Um, That's pretty good. <laughs> I know there's better. Um, I'm not a dad, so they don't flow quite as naturally off the tongue as perhaps they would from, you know, the delivery from an authentic father. But that can't really be helped, at least not for at least nine months. So for now, yeah. <laughs> I suppose I'm stuck with, with the limited dad joke repertoire I have. <laughs> Um, we could do some, we could do a pun based riddle that, that would fit the theme of wordplay for sure. Yeah. I have a wordplay riddle for you. Oh, or go for not it. Not word riddle, but I have a joke. Yeah. 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 That is like incorporating wordplay. Hit me with it. All right. So it's kind of like questions based. So you got to be smart. Okay. Which I know you are. Oh, no. Oh, <laughs> you overestimate me. Okay. Okay. So what does? P R O P spell. Hmm. Uh, well, it it can't possibly be prop. Maybe this is the setup for a more complicated thing. So I'll say prop. Yeah. Okay. What does S L O P spell? Slop. What does D R O P spell? Drop. What does M O P spell? Mop. All right. What do you do at a green light? Oh no! Uh, uh-uh, not stops you. <laughs> okay, okay, that could work. The old, the old, uh, friggin' oh, what's that called? Conditioning. That's what it's called. Classical conditioning. Yeah. I guess so. Yeah. Okay. I see you. You're about to say stop, weren't you? I was so close to saying stop. It was on the edge of my <laughs> tongue. I almost looked like a fool. Um. <laughs> Ah, damn! I can't. I, I. Now that you hit me with that, I do. I do remember that joke. But in the moment, I was desperately trying to think like, "What's the punchline? What's happening?" And I couldn't <laughs> think of it. So you, you got me. Um. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. We could do something like that. Okay. Let's think. So. Hmm. I like the idea of sort of. Uh, conditioning the players to answer a certain way and then the answer is something not that you know like um okay yeah. i think that's an interesting concept for a riddle i think that would that would be cool maybe maybe barrage them with like a certain image or like type of thing and then have a riddle where they their their first instinct is to answer that thing but if they think about it for a sec they'll realize that that's the wrong answer I get that Ooh. that's very much like up in the air and we need to make it a little more concrete, but um, I feel like that would work well in terms of like the descriptive nature of, of D&D, I think. Yeah. Because <laughs> like as they arrive, you know, they're arriving in the river Acheron in the in friggin' Avernus, the first layer of the Nine Hells. It's not exactly a pleasant sight to behold. So when they arrive here... I imagine you can just bombard them with like a certain imagery and just be like, you know, there's there's like some kind of like fire based imagery, right? You can say there's flames leaping from the the river itself. The uh, tree on which the Sphinx is perched is wreathed in fire. There's there's uh, booming. Uh, the the mountains are 
oozing black smoke and leeching, you know, fiery fumes into the sky. And then the the riddle is something having to do with, you know, hinting at maybe... Maybe it's a more traditional riddle, but they've been so bombarded with this fire imagery they don't think that the answer could be something besides that when in actuality it's like water or it's like, you know, a like a, you know, some totally opposite thing. That's what I'm thinking. Okay. I have a little bit of a premise for a riddle. Okay. I think it could work. Okay. Um, yeah, go for it. So basically there's this TikTok going around <laughs> that is like... A TikTok-based like riddle. black and white letters. Okay. And it plays like the song and it says mm -hmm. like... Uh, <laughs> She is, she is damaged, and and then when the lights go oh, off, oh, it says yes. he is mad. Yes. <laughs> so yeah. I'm thinking like something like that with the letters and the role, uh, the wordplay. Yeah. But it could be like, like you were describing, the mountains are ravenous. The uh -huh. the trees are monstrous, mm -hmm. and then it spells out. Got it. Okay. Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We could do like a, yeah, first letter sort of deal. That would be interesting. Let's do that. Yeah. Okay. I, I think the one I'm thinking of with that that thing is uh, the she believed and then it's like in parentheses the he, he lied. lied. Yeah, and then yeah, yeah. It's like, you know, the speeve, <laughs> the, the yep. other letters. I love yep. that format. It's so good. Yeah. Uh, all right. So the answer, what's the what's the uh, answer of a riddle going to be? Um, I think we should come up with the riddle first and then we could like make up the in-between and kind of like ad-lib it so that Got it makes it. sense. Okay. Well, we will have then... So the Sphinx is just going to say like a couple lines then, you think, about the mm -hmm. surroundings. Um, like these mountains are whatever, this river is this, you know, this and something about the tree and then they'll have to figure it out based on that. Yes. Sounds good. All right. Do you have any any initial inklings i know you said the mountain is uh, ravenous which is i like that i think we can work that gives us some good i'm trying to think of things that'll give us good letters to work with in the in the answer you know yeah so mountains are ravenous gives us m a and r which is pretty good for building words so we'll deal with that okay so these mountains are ravenous um, I actually just had an idea. Oh, okay. Um. <laughs> so. The ideas just keep it's, coming. It's hard to describe because I, I can't write it. anything down. Yeah, yeah. But if if you can um, imagine, yes. if you write down like these mountains are ravenous, and mm -hmm. then the sea is uh, blooming. And then if you if you write it down as mountains equals ravenous, sea equals blooming, you would get two separate words. Um, oh. I don't know if that would um, be better or a little bit more more complicated. It would okay. be complicated, but like that would be yeah, that would add a layer to it that I think mm -hmm. was is uh, interesting. I like that. Um, okay. Yeah, I think we'd have to set up then the clues to be very indicative that they are you know like equating two things. Like the like this is this, this is this, this is this, or else it might yes. throw off people. They'll just be like, What does he mean? you know? <laughs> yes. Um so we could Maybe say, we should come up with the answer first, actually. Yeah, that's what I'm that's why that's why I always start with the answer in these things, because it's very, very hard to ad lib from clues in answer sometimes. True, true. Um 
Maybe two four-letter words. That way, we end up with four lines in yeah. total. Oh, and maybe we can we can add a little little cheeky thing in here where the two the two four-letter words will be like you know. Um, oh, we could do uh, if we did five. We could do uh, melon equals yours or something like that. So it would be oh! it would actually grant them grant them you know both actual access to it and you know like the answer is the key to getting it. Yeah, that sort that's of really cheeky. I like that. Okay. Uh, I think yours is a bunch of hard letters, so I'm going to go with thine. Sure. That is five letters. All right. So, first one, M equals T. What do we want that to be? The mountains are thunderous. <laughs> okay. The mountains are thunderous. Oh, I spelled thunderous wrong. Sick. Uh, e equals H. That one's interesting. Um, mm. Huh. If we need a backup word for E, uh, there's a type of devil that resides, I think, almost exclusively in the first layer of the Nine Hells. That okay. begins, the name of it begins with an E. I have no idea how to pronounce it, but it's like E-R-Y-I-N-E-S. Erinies, something like that. But I know they exist, so we could, as a backup, we could describe Arinus? those things as something. Ar they're like, they're like battle succubi from their sort of general aspect. They, they're like, they have like this very, I don't know, like <laughs> wartime sort of, uh, they have, they attack with like whips and stuff. They're very, I don't know. It's an interesting design. Are heathenous. Are heathenous? Okay. Sure. <laughs> I like that. Okay. L. Uh, L equals I. Your lives are inconsequential. <laughs> sure. Uh, maybe that's a little harsh, but okay. Um, I was thinking maybe we could do a descriptive word for yeah, something yeah, else. Yeah, yeah, so. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah, because that doesn't equate the two things. But I mean, it does, but it's a bit mean. Um, the mountains are thunderous, the Iranians are heathenous. Um, huh. The... The light, the... The loud. Hmm. The... see the um could do i'm having a surprisingly tough time with l i thought plenty of words begin with l but as i'm thinking i can't come up with very many the laboring laboring interesting uh the oh oh since it's the first layer of like the nine hells it could be like uh the labors are intense or something like that yeah sure Are intensive. Intensive, yes. Okay. O equals N. Mm. The omnipotent. Ooh. The omnipotent leader um, is or just maybe omnipotent. Yeah, I think I think omnipotent can be a noun as well. The omnipotent is our our 
Oh, oh, what what's a I'm I'm trying to think of an N word that would mean like uh absent or like not there besides the words not there. Because if you're in the nine hells, then the typical gods um, would not be able to see you. So it would literally be true that the omnipotent would be like non-existent. Would that work? No, because that they still exist. Um, hmm. ah, damn, visible. maybe that's maybe I'm thinking too hard. Um, what's another word for non-visible? Are noticed not. Noticed not. Maybe. Yeah. Oh, noticed might be a good one for the for the M. Um. Because that also, I feel like it kind of also gives the the language is kind of a little bit weird that the people are like, hmm, why is it phrased like that? Yeah. I don't want to throw them off, though, by having an extra word in there, because then they'll think that that's, like... Yeah, if, oh, if we say the omnipotent or notice not, they might think that there's, like, two ends on that side for that, and then it would, like, it might mess them up. What about non-noticeable? Non-noticeable. <laughs> we'll go with that. Okay. Uh, and then N. N equals E is our last one here. Okay. Um... Is there another thing or noun in the... Oh, let's see. Um, <laughs> um, I don't think there's another... There's another um, uh, devil that begins with N. Unless I am very much forgetting something. Nothing's popping to mind. Which is a good indication that nothing is in 5th edition with that. But I may be wrong. Um, N could be... Let's And could be what? And could be nonsense. And could be nastiness. And could be uh, nincompoop. Narrows, natural be. arch, or neck. Neck, the neck. <laughs> yeah. Um. um. Huh. Damn. N is another one where I'm having a tough time. I don't know why. Naga? Naga? Naga, yeah. Naga. Um, Nymph? Well, nightmare. Nightmare. Nightshade. Oh, the nightmare. The nightmare is endless would be an awesome one to finish it off with. Ooh. Actually, yeah, that's awesome. There we go. The mountains are thunderous, the Arrhenes are heathenous, the labors are intensive, the omnipotent are unnoticeable, and the nightmare is endless. And then just, that's the whole hint. <laughs> oh, you could, you could add another sentence. If this is all true, what do I hold in my hand? Or something. Oh, okay. What is the item in my hand? Yeah, yeah, yeah. If these... Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. If these... I want to somehow hint that... Um, like, these words are in parallel somehow, you know? Like, we, okay. we have to have these two sets of words in parallel. So maybe say, like, if these parallels be true, um, what do... Yeah, what, what treasure do I hold? Something like that. Aligned. Collateral. Just... Mm. 
If the yeah 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 if these if these truths align, yeah, that would hint to them that they need to line up the actual like words. Okay, mm. if these truths align, um, the oh, I uh, your reward will be thine. But we used thine in the answer already. Uh huh. <gasps> okay. Okay. Oh, yeah, we could be sure. super cheeky, and if these truths align. Um, the melon will be thine. <laughs> and then oh, we literally, like it's literally the answer in the question, but they have to like the action. I don't know. Maybe that's too cheeky. No, I that's too like cheeky. They, I would, if I was a player, I'd be like, what? That doesn't make sense. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if, if the truth, if these truths align, you may have what is mine. There we go. Yeah, that works. That one's going to be tough, but I think... If they actually, you know, work out... Th that last sentence is very telling. If you're looking for something in a riddle that's going to help you out, if these truths align, like, that word should definitely hint that they need to, like, manipulate the words in some manner. And hopefully, mm -hmm. the structure yeah. of the rest of the riddle will hint to them how they need to do that. If not, yes. uh, in the final version, I'll probably write up some hints for each of these, like appropriate hints for the DMs to drop if your players are having trouble. Um, that's always a good thing in my opinion to include just in case but <laughs> uh, I don't think that is going to be too necessary since I think we've done a great job with these hints I love this this uh, number order one where you have to put them in like um, alphabetical order of the numbers <laughs> that's great because I, well, I didn't make it but it, it's pretty good <laughs> yes it's it's great because you uh, it, it, there's so many other things about those numbers that I my brain first thinks to like order them based on. Yeah, but yeah, that's the best. Okay, and I think we did prime them to think outside the box by the time they get to this third riddle, so it shouldn't be as bad as it would be if we just hit them with it raw out the gate. You know, like they they hop off the boat and the Sphinx is just like these mountains are thunderous, and they're like, ah, <laughs> you know, like, what? <laughs> what's happening? So. That should work just fine. All right, you want to do some map, some map design real quick? Let's do some map. Let's hop over to the map, shall we? As you can see, if you're viewing this on YouTube, hi YouTube. Uh, the in the interim between the past recording and now, I put together just a basic little rough sketch of a of map that um, unique to this dungeon, at least so far. We're going to be making a sort of map collage where there are multiple versions of the same map depending on what area players decide to go to in order to get their ingredients from. So the adventure should be balanced about the same and contain relatively the same, uh, you know, st like the, the structure of the map and the obstacles they can use for cover, all that stuff should be about the same. But... The theming of it and how it looks should be matching whatever area or whatever creature they're going to fight. So, to that... Oh, oh dear. Oh, okay. I almost forgot how to use an incarnate there for a second. Oh. <laughs> Alright, we're good. It's running away from you. It's, it's my whole my own map. No. <laughs> Don't go. Don't go, please. I need you. <laughs> Alright, well... Uh, do you have any... Idea. Do you have anything that you desperately want to include in the map? This is your dungeon, after all. Mm, trees. I like trees and bushes. I like okay. foliage. 
Sounds good. Uh, let me put some more cliffs up real quick, and then we'll put down some trees. While I am plopping down the trees, uh, I know you were you were talking about, or you made reference at least to TikTok. I don't know if you want to discuss TikTok in general, but I um, <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, good good response. <laughs> I'll let you finish that line of thought before I continue. I feel like TikTok is something that people go on but don't actually talk about. That's fair. Yeah, I won't. I won't uh, call you out like that. That's my bad. <laughs> well, what were you going to say? I was going to say that there is a weird influx lately of people um, trying to like fight each other on TikTok, which I thought was very interesting. So fight each I, other how? I literally fight each other. Like, actually box each other in a ring. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay, that context is crucial. <laughs> okay, yes. It's it's just, it's very, very, very odd to me because, like, I, I don't know. I feel like that's the complete opposite of what I would expect professional entertainers on a platform like that to be doing. I don't know if that's, like, naive of me, but may maybe I'm just not <laughs> cool. I... I never, I never expect, right? You, you never expect to see someone one day, you know, hitting a woe, and then the next day go into a boxing gym and just beating the ever-loving crap out of someone. It's It seems very odd to me. I didn't know if you had any thoughts on that. Or if you, like, I. it's just, it's so surreal to me that that is a thing that exists and that people are doing is just fighting each other. It's very strange. So, like, what is the setup? Do people actually go and meet up or do they do, like, duets and, like, fake fight each other? No, no, nothing fake about it. It's, it's like, a, it's a thing recently of apparently... I mean, this is mostly hearsay since I don't dare venture on that app much on my own. But from what I hear, uh, it's people will legit, like, TikTok stars... Um, I use air quotes, but obviously they're they're yeah. legitimate internet celebrities. Um, of course, are like challenging each other to fight uh, in actual like you know good boxing matches, and they will just challenge someone to it, and then they'll both train up and then go beat the crap out of each other. <laughs> it just what? seems so weird to me. I don't know. I, maybe I'm overthinking it, but. It seems like those two worlds are really, really separate to me, and I don't know what to make of it. Maybe I'm just afraid someone's in the D and D like YouTuber community is gonna like call me out, and I'm gonna have to go beat them up. But because that would be an abject failure. I am not built for boxing, nor much other physical activity. Um, but I don't know. It just seems a very like those two worlds are really separate, and seeing them, seeing people in one, be like, yeah, I'll go, you know. I'm just gonna be a boxer now. It's just—it's very weird to me. Yeah, it actually seems pretty weird, but I don't know. I feel like it would make more sense if it was a one-off thing. But the way you're describing it, it seems like it's a continuing thing. Like they're making a whole thing of it. Uh, the, yeah, from what I've heard, it's—it's it's more like a trend now that people are people are like you know trying to goad other people on the platform into fighting each other just because you know one fan base will be like hey it would be cool if you fought this person and that you know that person will go and make a video and be like hey you suck that person will be like, really what'd wonder... you say about me <laughs> i really wonder what made people choose boxing over anything else i know like, yeah wrestling like maybe could be a little <laughs> bit more entertaining <laughs> 
Oh, dude, I don't know wrestling. <laughs> like, okay, what kind of re- you mean like WWE style, yeah. like theatrical wrestling? Yeah, okay, totally. Like I would, whole persona. Oh my god, I would a hundred percent be down to see just like internet celebrities go full WWE and just live <laughs> WWE Raw SmackDown. I just, would too, honestly. That would be amazing. Yep. I think that might you might have just struck gold with that. We might have to cut that part out and. <laughs> No, I'm kidding. We'll trademark it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh my god. That would be incredible if you could... I would pay good money for that. I say that it's a dumb idea and then I immediately spin around and go, yeah, I'd pay good money to see that. <laughs> would you? I would. I've I've paid before. I'm no stranger to watching like MMA or different, you know, professional fighting stuff. I, I, I've watched, you know, fights before. They're fun. I, I think they're fun to watch. Um... Obviously, I don't, I don't uh, do. I'm I'm not an MMA person. I don't train for that sort of stuff. But I think it's would you really ever, would I ever? Oh God, that's an interesting question. Um, I took self defense classes when I was like in like a freshman in high school, just because I didn't want to get beat up in high school, which I feel like well, is is a pretty that's fair. I don't know. That's, yeah, exactly. But um, I never like took them anywhere, so I don't have much to go off of. Then again, not many people do. I'm avoiding the question. No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't do that. It's just not really my my cup of tea. You I know, don't really buy into that whole macho sort of demeanor thing where you need to beat uh, people up to get your point across. I get that that's a very you know woke thing to say, but it's just I I don't I never saw the point really. How about yourself? Well, well, I think that to be like a fighter you don't need to have a certain personality or anything i think that if you wanted to do it for like the sport as long as you have a good um mindset about it then i think you're good to go yeah like honestly i've always wanted to try kickboxing okay or even like mai tai that's how you spell it oh yeah yeah, yeah. is it muay thai i think yeah 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 yeah, yeah. muay thai is sick yeah i like honestly I've never gotten around to trying any um, martial arts, but I do really want to get into like anything like that. I think that's awesome. Yeah, I think those any of those like mixed uh, forms where they use they like take a bunch of other stuff from different martial arts or different fighting forms and just kind of mash it together like that and just go off using all of it. I think that's really cool. And. I like to pride myself in my high kicks, as Jordan would say. He always gets scared when I like high kick <laughs> right in front of his face, and he's like, "You're actually gonna hit me one day." You just launch into a high kick on a whim. Yeah, That's yeah. <laughs> Terrifying. <laughs> Remind me never to to if, if I ever meet up with you in person, I won't goad you into anything, for I'll receive a foot to the face. <laughs> It will be without warning, for sure. <laughs> okay. Thanks for the, the preemptive warning. I appreciate it. <laughs> so, hey there, how's it going? <laughs> Just launch me across How the room. How do you like my hiking? Yeah. <laughs> okay there, Chun-Li. <laughs> oh, jeez. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> that would be amazing. Just meet up, uh, hold like a convention, have a booth, and someone walks up and you're just like, "Hey there, how's it going?" You're like, "Hey, you know, I've watched the I've watched the streams for a while." I'm like, "Oh, cool!" And then they just, "Oh yeah," and then oh, just, just kick me. <laughs> Is that gonna be the new thing now? Whenever somebody, oh god, I hope person? it's not. Oh, that would be amazing. Just they they always have to be on the lookout. 
whenever yeah. you meet a fan, whenever a content creator meets their fans now, they should be afraid. They should have, they should be, you know, <laughs> they, they gotta work on their reactions. That, that's very dangerous. If they're gonna get, okay, I'm not obviously insinuating that that should be a thing, but if we were to do something similar to that, I wouldn't be against it. <laughs> <laughs> I think it'd be really funny, so. Dalton likes high kicks, confirmed. Hey, don't judge. <laughs> <laughs> Let All me right. sign your leg. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh god. Yeah, I only oh, I only man. do signatures. Yeah, you you have to earn getting a an autograph by successfully landing a kick. Yeah. That would be great. All right, I've put down some like cliffs on this thing here to make it give it some elevation. Um, do you have anything that you think is like a really just I don't know. In, if you've ever wanted to craft your own map, now's the time. Do you have anything that you would desperately want to be like thrown in here as part of the map? Do you have when you are playing? First of all, when you're playing D and D, do you generally play with battle maps or no? Uh, yes, I do. You do. Um, nice. Generally, I do like maps that are very open so okay. that you can go places, and I do like um, maps that have like areas of cover. Yeah. So, um, put down some like. I ruined yeah. sort of walls and stuff i think that would mm -hmm. that might be and nice and i do like the elevation i think that's pretty cool okay uh, uh i can add more cliffs for some some increased elevation i kind of want to make this whole back area here one big sort of elevated uh platform why don't you make it like all trees and then it could be like an like an a little bay oh, of trees okay yeah, I, well, I think in, like, some certain versions of the map, it'll be trees, but, like, just a big, some some kind of thing with a bunch of cover. I think that would work well. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Let's do that, then. Um, I hope there's, like, palm trees. Are there palm trees? There's not. Interesting. Uh, what's in the forest here? Okay. You can also use, like... Oh, there, um... are, there are a bunch of different trees. Okay, sweet. And there's palm yeah. trees. Let's go. Ooh, there you go. <laughs> nice. So, oh, we could do like a little oasis, like a little thing of water. That would mm -hmm. be cool. Let's do that. Yeah. And then I like the idea of the middle of the map being like a an area, an open area to fight in. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. So maybe like water around the edge and then more palm trees around the edge. Okay. So mm. I, this first, because this map, for anyone who's listening, this map we're making is sort of like... Um, I don't know why, but I, I went with this, like, kind of figure eight style shape where there's, you enter it from, like, a corridor, and then there's this big open area. It opens up into this, this just big, giant, sort of open field, and then at the back is sort of the layer of whatever you're, whatever thing you're tracking down to get its meat. Um, that's what I was thinking. Oh, you look, you have an idea face, please. <laughs> I really want there to be something behind the waterfall like in every single game secret I waterfall we're doing yes so oh absolutely like, maybe this whole area is like actually behind the waterfall i think that'd be awesome got it let's do it so yeah oh it's like an oasis and there's a little pool of water and then you wade into it and there's behind the waterfalls like a cave yeah let's do it that could work in a bunch of different circumstances actually because like in a in a in the sand area it's an oasis in the forest area it's just a waterfall if we did like an ice area, in most areas it's going to be a waterfall, but I'm thinking like in a lava area, it could be a big, you know, like lava fall and that could be a little harder to get yes. through. Yeah. Nice. Okay. Let's do that. 
So I'll have to get. I'm always disappointed when you find a waterfall in a game and you I... go find it and there's nothing there. <laughs> if there's nothing there, I honestly get so upset. I'm like, how could you do this to me? Yeah. You just lied to my face like that. It's so rude. <laughs> so rude. How it dare is. You? Like how how dare they put a waterfall in a game and not allow me to go behind it and find a secret thingy. Like, that is the the absolute rudest thing you could possibly do in a game, in my opinion. Um, also referencing Disney. I think I've referenced Disney in our other podcast before. <laughs> yes. But um, one of my big inspirations is because I've watched uh, Fun and Fancy Freeze, one of my favorite Disney movies. Really? And okay. when there's like a little... Um, sequence where there's like these two bears and the other girl bear she like um bathes in the waterfall mm. and oh i think that's <laughs> like i want to bathe in a waterfall okay one day one day yeah one day oh, it will happen that would be incredible i think my like you know if you ever have you ever done like those meditations or like where they tell you to like go to your happy place or like envision like a you know a, just a serene place where you can just like be in your head that just like is placid and stuff i'm not going to reveal yeah. your secrets i'm not going to unless you want to reveal what that is but um i'm saying that because like for like as far as the serene place for me it's like the exact same as what you described it's just standing in like you know in front or in a big like waterfall and just being like yeah oh. it's so it's so nice it's so placid i'm yes. very very uh lucky to say that i've i uh, a few years back for graduation, I got to go to Hawaii and oh. I actually went on that long, windy road around the big mountain um, on, what is it? Maui. And the there was a waterfall that you could climb down to and it was in the rainy season. So that thing was going and you could actually climb onto a rock that was like right under it. Oh my God. Happiest oh, moment of my awesome. life. Man, I'm going to uh, go there one day. <laughs> Oh, you you gotta. Um, so I, I don't want to pry, but do you have a sort of if you do those meditations or anything, do you have some place you come back to like that? That's like your when the when they say like ah oh, go to your happy place. So you have some place like that. Um, it's different over every single time, mostly. Interesting. Okay. Um, one that I always come back to though is uh, basically the Moon Kingdom from Sailor Moon. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> so nice. just like a big castle with like all pillars, and it's just like completely quiet. Okay. Mm -hmm. I like and like that. you can see the you can see the stars and the yeah. galaxy above you, and that's peaceful. And I have my tuxedo mask right beside me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that that's very relaxing. Yeah. Yes. I'm trying to figure out how to sort of. Uh, do a waterfall look here. I think I finally figured out good stamps for that. Yeah. Ooh, nice. There we go. Sometimes using these stamps in Incarnate is a freaking annoyance and a half, but looks like they're behaving this time, which is nice. <laughs> That's good. Okay. That'll do, I think. Alright, so we got our, our waterfall with the cave behind it. Yeah. Um, in this in this waterfall cave, um, what do you want to be? In, well, obviously the thing they're going to be fighting is in here. Do you have any specific? Do you want like there to be some ruined like grotto in here, like some old 
like hut or house or structure or do you just want it to be another open sort of area with minimal cover um i like the idea of a uh open air cave so oh um, like the the top of it is open to the elements mm -hmm. got it okay yeah so there's natural light coming trees inside the cave okay um and maybe not a grotto but uh maybe like a camp like a Somebody has camped here before. And oh, got it. it. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, like an old campsite. Mm -hmm. Cool. Okay, so... Uh, behind the waterfall. Open air. Uh, cave. Old campsite. And uh, no signs of recent habitation. Make it feel kind of old and uh, exclusionary. Yeah, I like the idea of an open air cave. That way, if they need to find anything that is flying, for example, it could just like fly swoop in the as they go in there. Oh, that would be mm -hmm. sweet. That's yeah. that would be oh, that would be such a good opening. I love having those moments where players like go in somewhere and they're like, oh, it's safe, thank God, and then something is just like and like swoops yeah. in. And they're like, ah. <laughs> it's so MMORPG. I think. It is. It's beautiful. All right, camp. Do ah uh, broken campfire. Perfect. Oh, that's huge. It's so big. It's so big. <laughs> Why is it so big? Why is it so big? All right, uh, I'll put the campfire down, like, over on these rocks back there. Yeah. All right, uh, should be, like, bed rolls and stuff. All right, while I am getting that stuff, anything else in the main area of this place that you think would be interesting? Uh, um, I put, like, a big statue that's, like, fallen over because I like to have sort of those signs that... I don't know, I always, I always find a place more interesting when it has um, sort of relics of, like, some past civilization there that shows that, I don't know, it gives it some history, I think. Yeah. Uh, hmm. I'm trying to think, maybe, maybe, like, some, like, natural rabbits running around? <laughs> but not, like, <laughs> like, it would be thematic for the the scene yeah 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 okay so like little creatures and stuff that fit the yeah. that kind of fit the scene yeah okay so you want those to be non-hostile non-hostile okay just just set dressing yes. <laughs> little creatures got it yes so main area a uh, little should they be adorable they should be adorable little adorable creatures room uh, this open air, uh, sort of enclosed space, um, differs depending on the area. Okay, so the little creatures are sort of hopping around, mm -hmm. and then, oh, anything uh, else? Maybe also some, like, um... Like natural gardens, so if it was like in the desert, it could be like some bushes with berries on it. Or... Oh, okay. Natural, yeah, vegetation slash gardens. Yeah, okay. I think especially around like if if it's the water, it'll be next to the water. That sort of stuff would be good. Mm -hmm. Is there no bedrolls? Hello. Um. Maybe it'd be a fur. Fur. No, I know, I know it's in here somewhere. I gotta, I just oh. gotta find it. 
There's definitely a bedroll in this, in Incarnate somewhere. <laughs> I've used it before. I know it's here somewhere. Uh, okay, I like I like the idea of having this almost little ecosystem sprung up around that central waterfall so that they are, mm -hmm. have a reason to go investigate it. And mm -hmm. then that sort of prompts them to find out if one of them is curious enough to be like, I wonder if it's hollow behind there. And then there's, oh my, there's a whole nother place. Yes. I think we might even have, if the players don't get that hint, I'll put in a note in the finalized version to have one of the little creatures scamper out from behind the waterfall to show them that it's hollow. Or to show them that there's at least... bathing in the waterfall. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like it just sort of like, you know, comes out from behind it and is like, hello. Aww. I think that hello. would that would be a good indication. Maybe not, <laughs> you know, hello, but uh, it, it should give them some indication that there's something back there, hopefully. Yeah. All right. That works. Dear Lord, there's there's no freaking bedrolls. What the hell? Um. Also, That's I so think strange. this should be uh, basically if they wanted to get any kind of ingredient, they could find it in there. So, like, if they wanted to find like carrots, for example, they could find it there. Yeah, I think yeah. we'll have this. I put like a little knapsack at the campsite. Mm -hmm. I think that was going to be like a literal magic knapsack. It is going to have whatever they need for their ingredients will be yeah. able to be... Because they're being sent here because there's the ingredients somewhere in this area, right? Yes. That's, that's the the sort of... That's the reason they're being sent here by yes. these astral people. So they know what they're looking for is somewhere here. They just have to look for it hard enough. Ooh, maybe it's like Hunger Games style where it like falls from the sky and it's like... <laughs> beep, 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 beep. Okay. Like yeah, yeah. Oh, because it's open air, yeah. So it yeah. The, it'll fall through. That would be cool. Maybe if they need more than one thing after they, if they prove themselves by slaying that creature, maybe someone in the audience will like you know sponsor them and send them a little a little package with an extra ingredient. Yeah. And it'll be That's like cool. it'll like fly down, or maybe a portal just like opens up and it just like pfft, spits out the thing. <laughs> mm -hmm. Like even if the players want to play up the fact that they're on a TV show. And like people are actually oh, sponsoring. Yeah, them. if like, players if players engage with the drama of it, then yeah. then they get little bonus like seasonings and stuff from people. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. Okay. You um, get like a plus DC to your cooking roll. Yeah, I like that. I really like that idea. We kind of we we still have to set up the sort of gameplay mechanics of the actual cooking show part of this. I think that's the last thing to go. Um, yeah. As far as this this map, I like the outline of it that we've got going here. I will touch it up in post, make it look all nice and pretty, and then yeah. um, obviously I will continue to consult with you outside of the podcast on the final look of it and all that. But. Trust or rest assured, viewers, if you are listening to this podcast now, you can see the final version of the map. You don't have to wait. You can just hop over to the, our subreddit, r slash dungeon for two, where you can see the final versions of all of the dungeons posted there. They'll probably be on other D&D homebrew subreddits. You might see them before you even see our subreddit if you're subscribed to some of those, such as uh, Unearthed Arcana and whatnot. But let's do the mechanics yeah. of... And join the, the Discord. Show. Yes, and join the Discord. I'll do all the shoutouts at the end, but yes, join the Discord. That's an easy way <laughs> to uh, get access to all of that fun stuff and to be a guest like Cruxy on the podcast. Woo! Yeah. <laughs> um, so, for this game show, we have the structure of it, this appetizer main course dessert structure, but for the actual mechanics of it, so 
Uh, part of the mechanics, obviously, is that they get... Well, for the appetizer, we said that they get this chopped-style basket, and they have to have aboleth caviar, licorice root, uh, arboreal rice, and astral milk. Um, so when they go get that stuff, or if they, they have to go fight things to go get that, right? Yes. Um, so... Oh, well, I guess if we're saying the chop style list of things that they need to go get it wouldn't actually be the case that we need to have a ton of different oh i guess that that's more no because the dessert is is um is the puzzles and the main course has to include astral dreadnought which isn't fought in like a it's just fought in like the void um the dragon that's that's going to be a separate dragon layer that they need to go to I think then we don't actually need to make a bunch of different map versions because okay. if we just specify what chop style ingredients they need in here, yeah. that can very well justify what the map looks like. Yeah, So sure. to that end, we put in here Aboleth Caviar, but obviously this is not a water-based map. We can change yeah. that, of course. We can make this whole cavern back here flooded if we really wanted to do an Aboleth. I, of course, just put in Aboleth because I think they're neat, but... Uh, if we want to do a more land or sky-based monster, we could very well do that. Yeah. Do you have any sort of favorite fights in D&D? Do you like? Do you particularly like fighting anything? Any any particular monster? Um, mm. Maybe not fighting it, but just monsters that you find to be cool. Or if your DM throws them at you, you're like, whoa! Uh, even if you don't know the name, just describing them, I might be able to pick up on it. Uh... If it's too hard I, to pick a favorite, I understand. There's about 7,000 of them, so... Is there something uh -huh. that is, um, looks like a dinosaur and is uh, big and chonky and is water-based and like has fins and stuff? Big, chonky water dinosaur. Uh, yeah. You just might be thinking of either the actual big, chonky water dinosaur, Plesiosaurus, or if it's a more fantasy monster, maybe... Oh god, dragon turtle could be. Um, Ooh. Could be. Let's see. Water chonky water boy. Um, chonky water boy. Chonky water boy. <laughs> uh, let's see. I haven't run a lot of water adventures. I haven't run Ghost of Salt Marsh ever, so I haven't. I haven't gotten my feet wet. Didn't. Um, but. Oh no, I can't think of any any chonky water i mean aboleths are like the typical evil water monster but mm. even those for a higher level party like this wouldn't be that much of a challenge um anything that would be like i i really like asian things okay so yeah, like yeah. any any like water asian theme oh monster. oh um yeah we might be able to throw in um Ooh, um, oh, what, the, what are they called? It's not quite Asian, but it's, it's, um, oh, it's actually not Asian at all. It's, it's freaking Mesoamerican themed, the coatl. Um, okay. They're like winged snake creatures. Uh, they're, they're particularly high level. They're like rainbow winged snakes. They're pretty cool. Ooh, that's cool. We could Let's throw in that. one of them. Okay. Mm -hmm. So we could do that instead of the abolus. Yeah. Coatl. Uh, tears. I know that's a 
it's a typical typically coatle tears are used to cure like any illness but i think using them as an ingredient in food would be very funny yeah <laughs> you take this thing that is a literal panacea that can cure any illness and you just like use it to cook rice mm-hmm. i think that's great all right so this will be a coatle layer and that way yeah I'll actually I'll put down some palm trees. This desert oasis is looking decidedly not oasis, so gotta fix that real quick. Oh, these palm trees are so small. Alright, uh random stamp size and orientation. There we go. This is very convenient actually. It looks like it would be fun to use. Hmm. Incarnate? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Incarnate is freaking awesome to use. It's so fun. Using they Incarnate... They shadows? That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. They, they even procedurally do shadows and stuff. It's it's so useful. Nice. Uh, although, sometimes layering things on top of each other can be an absolute pain in the ass. But yeah. for that, you can always just hop over here, grab the one you want, and then just slide it on top of the one you don't want. Ooh. You have to. Very useful. Yeah, it's it's a little frustrating. Like, just <laughs> go, go, go there. Technology <sighs> works when you want it. When you Technolo- want it to sometimes. Yeah, sometimes, sometimes it really don't. Okay, anyway, I guess that'll have to do. But there we got our oasis. All right, that's looking better. Uh, I'll set dress this a little more to be coatle themed, but I like yes. that. All right, so the mechanics. So they gotta go step. One, get ingredients. So that involves uh, different uh, challenges depending on the round. All right, and then this is the step that we have to detail a little more. So step two, cook the ingredients. Yes. So obviously the recipe itself should be up to the players. Um, I think that's that's the fun of it, is, is players can make whatever they want. Whoa! Uh, in the midst of that, I got a nest, like a, a call to action for players, I think, to get them... I think the, the ingredients that they need to include are a good way to push them to, you know, not be stuck and be like, I don't know how to cook! Um, but I know many people in D&D are very mechanics-driven, so they'll want you know, skill checks and stuff to associate with this. I don't yes. particularly love the idea of doing that just because I feel like it limits creativity a bit if you're like, but I think it would be cool to introduce some fun moments here where if they fail their cooking check and they burn one of the ingredients, they have to like hide it by seasoning it instead. Yeah, I feel like that would make it even more hectic, yeah. which fits so the theme. I, l- I like the idea of um, the skill checks playing to each character's strength. Got so, it. Um, if some character is really good at, um, like, strength, for example, yeah. they could continuously uh, feed the fire with air so that it keeps at a certain mm. temperature. Yeah. Um, if they're really good at uh, charisma, they could do, like, a really good plating or something, or maybe, like, dexterity. <laughs> plating. Um, yeah, that's that should be a part of it. I yeah, think. that's awesome. Oh, it's it's definitely a part of cooking. So I think yeah. I, I just love the idea of using charisma for plating your food. That's so good. Yeah. Um. Uh, for yeah, plate presentation. Um, or maybe like coming up with a name for your dish. <laughs> Obviously, yeah, that's coming that's, up with a name. Yeah, that's the whole party's involvement. But or like chopping up ingredients so that they're mm-hmm. each like, um, uh, 
the same size. Yeah. Oh, that's definitely dexterity for, um, yeah, like like uniform chopping, etc. Is dexterity. What would be like a good wisdom based thing for the for cooking? Wisdom, um, maybe like. Say, oh yeah, like, you go. I would say like um, definitely taking the item from the actual, uh, like like survival. So it'd be like mm. if, if you had like a fugu fish, for example, you would need to know. Oh yeah, knowledge um, of the food itself. Yeah. Like which and part how to best prepare it. Mm-hmm. Prepare slash maybe even like season it. Like what goes good together in food. That would be mm-hmm. kind of wisdom. Yeah. Is wisdom. Okay, what's like a intelligence thing related to food, do you think? What makes a big brain chef? Um, this one's hard, but... Actually, I think that one would be like making sure that it's not poisonous or something like that. Oh, okay. Um, intelligence. Okay, that we could do... <laughs> yeah, making sure your food doesn't kill someone. That's a good one. <laughs> Uh, yeah, ensuring or, um, it uh, will taste good. Um, understanding the chem- chemical aspects of it so that, mm. um, like, oh, the oh, yeah, like, well, yeah, 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 yeah. Knowing, yeah, yeah, exactly how long or like how hot to cook things, maybe like the, the specifics of like the, you know, the exact temperatures and stuff that feels more mm-hmm. intelligence to me. Yeah. Things and obviously, been- I think, like, players could even come up with their own um, way of cooking. Like oh, saying, absolutely. I yeah. want to do this. And mm-hmm. then the DM could be like, hey, oh, it's good. this whole thing is going to be super improv based. I just want to yeah. make sure to put in plenty of guidelines for uh, mm-hmm. especially DMs who are less used to improv. I know it can be very overwhelming at first. So uh, mm-hmm. finally, as a guideline, so we have strength, charisma, dexterity, uh, wisdom, intelligence we're missing something constitution is there anything constitution based oh maybe like i i surprisingly there is many times in the kitchen where you will get physically exhausted from like managing all the stuff at once so i feel like yeah. constitution would be like holding everything together um stirring like, for yeah. a very long time yep constitution um, is tasting something that is very hot or very cold true oh that would be amazing you have you don't have time to wait for the soup to cool to taste it you just have to go in and ah yeah <laughs> not burning your tongue on the hot soup yeah so these are just guidelines for a very long time it could be both for strength and constitution i think mm-hmm Yeah, I like that. Yeah, constitution like grabbing a hot dish right out of the oven and not just chef hands, you know? Yeah. Alright, um, so once they do that, they gotta plate it, they gotta, so they must come up with a name for their dish. And then what are they, like, graded on? What are the, what are the judges looking for in these dishes? Ooh, I have notes. Did I write down my notes? Oh, man, I should have... Come up with this beforehand. Well, there's obviously taste. Uh huh. Creativity. Um. Presentation. Okay. So that would also include like the look and the name. Okay. Um. Taste, creativity, presentation, and. And. Huh. Maybe, so t- like, if they got all the ingredients. 
Oh, okay, yeah. Adherence to the, uh, like, rules. Mm-hmm. Okay. Or to the challenge. Yes, to the challenge. Okay. So, like, if they got the the twist ingredient, for example. Got it. Oh, uh, yeah, we gotta have that in there. So, creativity would include, then, like, how, um, like, how unique of a dish it is, uh, and how the ingredients were used, like, how... Uh, like interesting ways the ingredients were used. Yeah. I love that. Okay. Taste obviously. Is it good? <laughs> uh, it oh well. How will we determine how good something would taste? Do we just sort um, of have to? Like, I think the taste would definitely depend on how well they did at the skill checks. Got it. Depends like on total. the yeah the um. Sum total of all the, or the sum successes of the skill checks while cooking. Uh, exceptional skill checks can over, or like can, you know, cover up uh, poor skill checks. So if they burn something, but then, you know, the, the, resident wizard of the party decides or comes up with some brilliant seasoning blend that will mask the taste of burnt um coatl, you know rice they oh yeah. we threw on dragon saffron into there and it oh it's perfect it perfectly masks that burned flavor it actually makes turns the acridness of it into a pleasant sort of bitter smoky then, yeah yeah a nice smoky flavor oh nice yes. <laughs> <laughs> so i think it, the taste should be 10 points Cut. Because that way, um, you have room for around five or so skill checks, okay. and then that way you could count each success as two or a half success as one. Yep. Oops. Each counting for one or two. Okay. Uh, yes. Creativity. What's that out of? Uh, five points. Five. Okay. Five points. I think that's uh, just up to DM. Yep. Five at, stars. At DM's discretion. Alright, presentation. Um, I think it would be like a mix of like actual skill checks. Mm-hmm. So like if like a really charismatic character wanted to um, uh, portray this dish uh, and it could be like if they were just describing it like yeah. it could be yeah, and players I delivery, think, uh, like d- players depth of description. Yes, and I think it, um, it would be up also to the DM, um, to know how much to weigh each part of that. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I think that would be also. Okay. Maybe, uh, I think that should be ten a, points. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, and then adherence to the challenge would be also five then. Ten points. Ten. Okay. Or we can make it five. No, I, I was I was trying to get an even an even number in here, but uh, that'll work. Maybe we just do all of them ten points. Yeah, let's just let's just do it all ten. Okay. We'll get forty score. Yeah. A total of forty. All right, and here it's to the challenge. Uh, obvious. There we go. All right, so um, after these grading criteria. Uh, we will have we have one more thing to detail, and that is 
the judges of this show. Yeah. We have um, their actually... we have their rival, but we didn't we never said who Oh, didn't we say something about we said something earlier about who the judges are, didn't we? A little bit. I just wanted to go back to the oh, yeah. um I wanted to go back to the last point on the scoring. Yeah. Um I think just to make it easier, uh-huh. I think every ingredient that is missed should just minus one point. Yeah. Point. Um, if no ingredients are included, disqualification. Oh. And that is very bad yeah. indeed. All right. Yeah. So. Okay. Judges. Yes, we have their their uh, sort of. Um, their their rival, their freaking Patricio de Pulpo, which is mm-hmm. Salt Bay Octopus, which yes. is such a good descriptor. Um, yeah. But the judges for this, I think the judges, I think it would be really cool if it's a part of a ongoing campaign, if you're running this after something else happening, Ooh, to yeah. throw in at least one judge as an NPC that has appeared in the campaign before. Mm-hmm. That would be a, a little card. bit... Yeah, either a wild. It could be yeah something totally that the players will not expect. You know, just throw throw in something that'll that'll just be like, oh, you're here. Um, yeah, that's always fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, but besides that, we have to have at least uh, one or two that are you know from this this astral society that's running the show, obviously. Mm-hmm. So we gotta have the the mean judge that just is very hard to please. That's a classic on these on chef shows. Yes, um, Simon Cowell, but a girl. <laughs> Got it. But a woman. Simone Cowell, understood. Simone Cowell, yes. Um, and she has her hair. Oh, she's like an elderly woman, but she's very classy and has her hair up in a uh, well-prepared bun. Nice. Well-baked. <laughs> well-baked. <laughs> well-baked bun. I named her Simone Scowl, just so we don't get copyright struck. <laughs> All right. Okay. Uh, and plus it plays into the whole mean part of it. But okay. Um, that's a little much. We'll do I'll just, I'll spell it differently. How about that? Sure. Um, there we go. All right. Uh, and then we have like a wild card from the party's past if running as a standalone um i'll i'll think of something i'll throw in something just to surprise you yeah and then who's the third judge who do we got uh i like the idea of a a, a dwarf character okay so it's like no very not much knows their uh their taste yeah yeah <laughs> i like it so and then like have... the simone cow will be more of like the judgy like oh this the critical yeah oh yeah the critical and then this this guy's like the creative mind <laughs> sort of very open to new ideas with food and stuff and isn't so beholden to the rules of the kitchen yes i like it uh what is his name could do um Are you looking up dwarf name generator? I see you. <laughs> what is his name? <laughs> I always have a hard time, um, hard time with dwarf names. 
Bimbly. Bimbly. Got it. Bimbly. Um, With an I. Bimbly. Got it. Bimbly. Um, boom. Bottom. Boom. Bottom. Boom. Bimbly. Boom. Bottom. Um, bimbly. Boom. Bottom. <laughs> what a name. Huh? That's awesome. <laughs> right. I love it. Uh, more creative mind willing to toss aside tradition in favor of inventive tastes and yes. creative dishes. Mm -hmm. Nice. All right, Bimbly Boom Bottom, our, everyone's favorite judge. <laughs> um, I feel like Look. he's gotta have he's gotta have like some some like super fans. Fans go wild. He's he's yeah. well loved by the audience, of course. Mm -hmm. Um, all right. Well, there's that. Also, I want this Simone Cowell character to be uh, an alien race of some sort. So maybe oh, she yeah. has like teal colored skin. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Like, a green hair or something. Um, I like it. But very. Uh, vintage beauty. Mm hmm. Yes. Nice. All right. I like it. All right, that'll work. I think that covers all of our bases, honestly. We got this uh, whole map here. Unless you, yeah, of course, if you want I, anything I, else. I did have something to add yeah, yeah, to yeah. the skill checks. Um, okay. If anybody in the party is proficient with Cook's tools or oh, have anything course. that will help with that. Um, you would obviously get a, uh, the DC would be lowered, or mm -hmm. you would get a bonus. Yep. So, so proficiency in cook tools, I think, should, yeah, uh, will lower DC um, for all checks by five, I think. Yeah. Um, for all, like, you know, non, like, all, all manual chef labor checks <laughs> the actual cooking bit not necessarily coming up with the spice combinations and stuff although maybe it should do just all of them uh, i think i think the person who's doing the uh check uh whatever they're doing it would be reduced by okay that. let's do that yes awesome so when your character took that proficiency in chef's tools way back at level one and you thought, man, I'm never going to use this. We just mm -hmm. eat rations every day of our lives. Well, not today. Today, not you're, today. In, today you're in the real kitchen. You're in the limelight. You're going to yes. show them that you can cook. You're you going to show me what you got. Yes, yes, exactly. That's got to be the tagline of this one. Is show, yeah, us what, sure. show us what you got. Yes. Um, also, we didn't come up with the uh, announcer description. Oh, that's right. So the we got to come up with a giant head. Oh, that's right. I really like the idea of the announcer literally just being a big head, like a floating head that just is like super animate and like constantly like zooms around between places. Yes. And literally like hovers like? over people and just like stares at them and is like, oh, you're beginning to run out of time. You know, just like, <laughs> constantly plays up the drama. I think mm. we do. I think we have this announcer head be. Um, I, I don't know why, but I, I, my first inclination is to have this announcer head be like um, just a, a ghost or like some sort of spirit that is just like willingly staying on this realm and not passing on to the afterlife because they love their job so much. They've like stuck around yeah. well after death 
and they're just yeah. still at it. And they're so they're just hanging around. Yeah, and they've they've totally given up. Uh, like they they don't see a purpose for having the rest of their ghostly body with them anymore. So they let all that pass on. But they they they're just the head now. They're just floating around. <laughs> yeah, I like that. Okay. Um. So, announcer is a floating, slightly transparent, um, ghostly woman with a large smile and, uh, hair that seems, um, per perpetually underwater. All right. What about instead of hair? Okay. She has a, um... Like a cone-shaped head, oh, okay. but on the inside it's like it's squishy, so it has like water oh my on the God. inside. Okay. <laughs> so like cone-shaped, like the priest, you know, squishy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like a like pop hat, but just mm-hmm. squishy. Yes. Uh, okay. All right. And also has giant bat wing eyelashes <laughs> and ginormous eyes. Okay. They're like. And, uh, yeah, eyes far too large. Um, her head seems to, uh, constantly wiggle, um, at a slightly disconcerting manner. <laughs> I like that. It's just sort of like, you know? <laughs> the eyelashes are. Oh, yes, the eyelashes. <laughs> then she can like better eyelashes complement like, yes <laughs> with yes. huge bat wing eye lashes and yeah yeah let's do it yeah there we go it's what compliment jeez <laughs> <laughs> upper right. oven over uh, yeah well she- where chefs do battle over oven and stove as well with blade oh. and sorcery i think it's oh, trying I- to say <laughs> over the oven but yeah no okay yeah that. i gotcha <laughs> all right that is quite the adventure we've got here. Do you have anything else you wish to include in here? Of course, um, as I make the quote-unquote finalized version over the next couple of days, if you think of anything, you're more than happy. You just send, send me a line, drop me a line, and I'll be sure to add it. But just right now, do you think of anything else before we call it a podcast? Um, is this too much to ask for? Like the- Whatever you want. It's your <laughs> dungeon. Want- I really want the map to be, like, in the desert, but, like, in the middle of, like, an Asian-coded desert, if that makes sense. So maybe, like... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Stone walls and stuff instead of cliffs. Okay. I'll change that in post. Yeah. And maybe, like, the the statue is, like, a... a, I don't know. (laughs) No, yeah, I got it. I can theme it to be more more uh sort of more themed along those lines for sure whole area um is dripping with uh should we say eastern atmosphere i don't want to be too generic but at the same time i want i'm kind of like yeah "Eh." (laughs) yeah i got you i'll make a i'll make a very quaint little sort of uh Gobi Desert themed area here. Yes. If anyone is listening, I'm half Asian, so. <laughs> <laughs> it's not appropriation, we promise. <laughs> no, yeah, I can do that. I got you. I'll see what kind of assets um, uh, Incarnate has for that. I think they have a good amount. 
of that sort of stuff. Um, if unfortunately, the Western deserts. We need yeah, right. Eastern deserts. We need we need yeah Asian desert representation in yeah. in D and D media. Yes. Too often do we have stereotypical friggin' Sonoran and or Saharan style deserts. We need some more interesting desert options. Yes. Alright, I'll try to do that. Uh, no promises. Incarnate, generally, their stamp selection tends to be a little more focused on traditional Western-style D&D fantasy, but yep. I will try my absolute hardest to make it okay. look <laughs> to your desires. But, no promises. <laughs> okay. <laughs> right. I think that's all. Uh, for you my think request. Alright, well, I, as I'm looking through this, uh, I don't see anything... Usually, if there's something I want to um throw in i will put it in big 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 letters so i'll notice it while i'm scrolling through it i don't see any big letters that i put to myself so i think that about does it for this uh i think that about wraps things up for this episode thank you yeah. so much i had a great time designing this one this was yeah me god too. this, this freaking adventure makes me so happy i love doing these atypical very player driven very player agency driven sort of Oh, it's just fun to get a break from the typical go here, go into this place, kill this thing, steal its shit. It's fun. <laughs> so thank I you. I also would like to say, um, as Jordan would describe, this dungeon is very much of a an up in the story because there's like ups and downs yeah. in D D in like story beats. Yeah. Um. So if you are just coming off of like any sort of like really big battle, mm -hmm. emotionally heavy, you could like throw this in and be like, "Hey guys, let's have some fun." Let's yeah. Cook shit. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> cook stuff. Yeah, you, you can't keep your party on emotional intensity level 10 forever or else they will they will crash after a while. So that's that's a great point. Yeah, this yeah. would be a great this is this functions exceptionally well as something to just throw in there after a big battle or something like that for your party. to Just be like, oh, that's awesome. A cooking show. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> um, Wait. Um, yeah. I don't know what they should do. Like, is there supposed to be a conclusion after oh, this? Oh, yeah, we forgot to write the ending. Wow, incredible. <laughs> Man, uh, professional D&D podcast, by the way. Well, usually in Iron Chef, they just end it there. Like, the, here's the winner. Here I think go. it would be hilarious if they were like, and this is our champion. And everyone's like, whoa. And then the, the announcer's like, and that's all for this episode. And then the audience just sort of fades to black. And then the players are just like unceremoniously dumped back in their home plan and are like, thanks for playing. <laughs> but I, that would be funny. Obviously, that's not what we want to do because that would be mean and not give them anything for their efforts. Um, I think having if well, we have to say if they lose and if they win. So if they lose, they get um like booted from the show and sort of just dumped. I oh, think okay. They should be dumped in the astral plane. Oh, they would be okay. high enough level that they could probably get back. Okay. Themselves. Yeah, they're just like cast adrift. They're just like losers. <laughs> I literally want there to be like they pull a lever and the stage under them opens and they just fall into like nothing and they just slowly slow down and then they're just suspended in the astral plane. There's just nothing around them. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. And then if they win, they oh maybe they get to use the portal to go wherever they want after that. Like they offer them to like a vacation of your choice or something like that. I think that might be cute. Yeah, I like that. All right, like you've won a once in a lifetime. Millennium. Yeah, once in a millennium uh, opportunity 
for a vacation in the plane of your choice. And then maybe they do like the freaking Wheel of Fortune style spiel where they can be like, you can choose, you know, the beautiful hillsides of Arborea, or if it's more your style, you know, just go through a bunch of the fancy planes and stuff that they can go to. I think yeah. that would be cool. Yeah, I think that's really cool, especially right. for a party of that high level. Yeah, it would allow them, this might, then you could tie it into another adventure by shunting them to yeah. another plane of your choice. <laughs> yeah. If they um, had anywhere to go to begin with, it'd be like, okay, well, here's the perfect, perfectly way. I think that works well. All right, yeah. great. Because yeah, at this level, just giving them a magic item doesn't quite feel good enough. They need some. They need some. They're hungering for something more. Yes. They need more adventuring um, opportunities. Yes. Yeah. Um, how are we going to point the challenger? Uh, would the DM like roll everything every single time, or would there be like a set? I think um, it's a set score that he's just going to get that they need to beat. Um, maybe. Should we like? Uh, I think um, like I think it would be interesting to allow players to try to like throw him off maybe and oh, like yeah. complicate things like you know if mm -hmm. there's only one uh, blender or something and they go to get it and they get it before him or something you know obviously that would make his score go down I'll try to put in a little thing about that I think it, the more interesting gameplay perspective here is the player focus where they're trying to do their best um, yeah. to beat this guy so I don't think okay. super. Um, I don't think it's super necessary to do like a whole, a whole, uh, you know, thing about how he will do on his own. But I think having players allowed to mess with him would be would be fun. I think, yeah, I I I agree. I think that um, having the players see like his presentation. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So I think he will. He will almost always just max out the presentation because he's a professional mm -hmm. chef. This is what he does, right? But maybe yes. he's pretty limited when it comes to creativity. Like his, mm -hmm. he he will he might be really good at the presentation, and he will be pretty good at taste, but he might lack a little bit in creativity, and maybe forget to adhere to the challenge totally because he's so set in his way of preparing this one dish. And if this ingredient doesn't fit into how he's always cooked it, he's just not going to use it, and they're just yeah. going to forget about it because his dish is going to be so good anyways, you know. Yep. So I think that that is a might be a good way to hold him back a little bit. So. I'm mm -hmm. just going to put, like, Polpo um, Strength. <laughs> yes. Creativity. Polpo Weakness. This, mm -hmm. is, this is a strange array, but... <laughs> <laughs> uh, presentation is, like, a Polpo Specialty. Polpo Specialty. Octopus Specialty. Mm -hmm. And then here it's the challenge is, like, uh, Polpo doesn't care. Oh no, he speaks in third person. <laughs> <laughs> I think that would be an awesome touch to his character if he exclusively spoke in third person. Purple doesn't care. Yes. <laughs> speaks only in the third person. Incredible. I love awesome. him already. Yes. Alright, I cannot wait to to freaking DM as Pulpo. I'm gonna have I'm gonna have to practice my hoity chef voice, but Oh, that's going to be fun. Yeah. Is there, like, one more thing that we need to do? Do we need to add, like, the dishes that he's making, or oh, would I, be up to I think I think that might be good to leave up to the DM's discretion to see what things the DM can come up with. I think it would yeah. be fun to let the DM come up with some dishes that Pulpo would cook Ooh. beforehand, you know? Yeah, um, and it could be, like, 
players versus DMs almost. Exactly. To see yeah. if the play because the DM is just one person. The players are coming up with all sorts of they you know they can bounce ideas off of each other and stuff. But yeah, I think it would be it would be interesting to have the DM just sort of come up with the dishes beforehand and then whatever the players come up with. Like it's a genuine challenge to sort of come up with something that the DM is like, wow, that's gen that that sounds like a better food. <laughs> I think that would be cool. Of course, that relies on the DM's good faith, but any adventure that doesn't rely on that is asking for trouble. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I actually just wanted to change the name of Simone Cowell. Oh yeah, go for it. Cowley. Um, what about Jimone? Jimone. No. Uh, Jemime. Jemime. Got it. Jemime. Colleen. She has two first names, like, very pretentious. <laughs> Anyone who has two first names is not to be trusted. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> okay, that's like everything. It. Thank you, yes, it, it, absolutely necessary. It fits your character much better, I agree. All right, takes her from being a knockoff of someone in real life to a character all her own, which is fantastic. Indeed. All right, well, before I formally end out the podcast, do you have anything you wish to shout out? for our viewers slash listeners out there. Yes, so I am doing Roll20 and D&D Beyond character token commissions. So if you're interested, you can head over to my Twitter and I will make some for you uh, for a cost. So that is uh, twitter.com slash cruxecute. C-R-U-X-I-C-U-T-E. And I'll see you there with your D&D character, because you totally have one, and I'm going to draw one for you, because you want it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Flawless <laughs> advertising, I like it. <laughs> Nothing like a good threat to get someone interested. Well, you heard her, folks. I will put the links to that in the description, and in the description <laughs> of the actual uh, finalized version of this dungeon as well, so it will be forever immortalized on the subreddit. Yes. All right, well, in that case... I suppose I'll shill some things of my own. Switch over to my big old, big old face here. There we go. Well, thank you so much for listening to the podcast. As always, I love doing this. It's my, it's the, always the highlight of my week to record these episodes. So thank you so much to all of our viewers and listeners for sticking around for the whole episode. If you're here, you're a real G. Thank you for making it this far. If you want to play this dungeon, like I've said throughout, it is available right now. You can go to our subreddit and play through it. There's the PDF for you. You're, there's no reason to wait. Go, go now, go get it. If you want to play it with your friends, or if you want to see a run-through of it and sort of get an idea of how this dungeon functions, if you're listening to this the day it comes out, at 8pm that night, the night this comes out, which will be Friday, uh, April 23rd, at 8pm Pacific Standard Time, I will be DMing live on Twitch this one-shot. So, you, anyone is welcome to go join in that, anyone at all. So if you want to play in this dungeon, you can come and play in it. If you want to DM this dungeon, you want to get ideas on how to do that, stop by the Twitch stream. It's great. Over at twitch.tv slash DungeonDoctorDMMD. Of course, all those links will be in the description. The most important place to know all of this stuff is the Discord for two, the official Discord for this podcast and all things related to Dungeon Doctor content. You can find that in the description as well. So, until next time, this will be your Dungeon Doctor, signing off. <laughs>